Dillon, up ahead, Winston. No one near him. And he's going to come out with it. And Michigan State is headed to the plus. Hello, everybody. You are listening to a new episode of Spartan Crazies with Ryan and Tim. Today, we're going to talk about football and uh, the new transfer portal ads they've added since we last recorded. It's been a while since we recorded, so there's been some stuff that's happened. Um, and we're going to talk about the basketball team in the second part. We're not going to do picks this week because it's been just so long. So we're going to start that up again next week. Um, but uh, yeah, so MSU football has added a few players since the last time we recorded. Um, and uh, I really like the direction the program's heading in. Um, I think that they've done a great job addressing needs, keeping players that they wanted to keep uh, from leaving that had entered the portal and they uh, wound up coming back. Um, so I got uh, – Got a list in front of me, but uh, yeah. So uh, MSU has added a few players um, since we last recorded. Uh, Quindarius Dunnigan, uh, the defenseman from Middle Tennessee. I don't think uh, we talked about him. He's got a couple. I think he's got two years of eligibility left. He was the thing about the, the guys they're adding in the portal now is that they're not taking like highly rated recruits that didn't really pan out at other big schools like no work um like Seattle who was like a super highly recruited out of high school and just wound up not really doing anything um he got kicked off the team I mean just was uh wouldn't have been a, cult, a culture fit. Well, he didn't get kicked off by the new staff. Harlan kicked him off the team. But he wouldn't have been a new a fit with the new staff. Um, a guy like Malik Carr, um, who apparently wanted to come back, but uh, obviously they heard the staff heard things from probably Harlan and Courtney Hawkins um, and realized he's not a culture fit here and – he winds up at Houston. I mean, they're picking guys that will fit the culture at Michigan State and what Jonathan Smith wants to wants to um, set here. So, uh, guys like Dunnigan, uh, these guys have actually done it at the schools they were at. I understand Middle Tennessee is a group of five school, but this guy was a good player at Middle Tennessee State. It's not like he was just, you know uh, – it's not like he was a highly rated recruit at a, a, like Alabama or something and just didn't get on the field. So MSU took a flyer on him. No, that's not how this is working with the staff. Uh, they also added Tanner Miller, who was an All-American at Oregon State. Pretty much every school in the country wanted him. And uh, like they threw NIL money at him and he knew what he wanted to do. And he uh, 
he wound up at Michigan State. I mean, that's a guy that's going to start from day one. It's a huge addition, and uh, I'm excited about him. They were able to get a backup quarterback in Tommy Schuster from North Dakota State. He's a local kid from Rochester, and uh, he's like a guy with experience. Uh, so if Aiden Childs gets hurt, they've got a you know an insurance policy there, and it's uh, like. It's it's not easy to find a quarterback in the portal when you know you what you've got uh, as your starter, and they didn't have they had like no scholarship QBs and they're able to, you know, put, put together two guys in this class, in this recruiting class, and then they're able to add Schuster, who's going to be you know a nice insurance policy there. So, um, I, I can't remember if Velling was added by the time we recorded last time, but obviously. He's a huge ad. The tight end from Oregon State had eight touchdowns last year. Um, he's Washington wanted him. He's from Seattle, and he still wanted to come in Michigan State. Um, they added two guys in the last couple days. Let me bring this up. Uh, let's see here. I got to scroll through my timeline here. Uh, Wayne Matthews, the third uh, linebacker from Old Dominion. Uh, Another productive guy out of the portal. Uh, actually, I'm going to go to Justin's timeline. That'll make this easier because I don't have to scroll through, scroll through a bunch of crap. Um, friend of the pod, Justin Thin. Uh, and yeah, so he was a productive player. Uh, by the way, if you hear any stats, I'm taking this from Justin's Twitter. So shout out, Justin. Uh, but uh, yeah, so they edit him. Uh, Daquan Douse. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, but uh, Another guy who was productive, at, and he's from Georgia Tech, so he's at a Power 5 school. Um, and uh, his two best games were last year against Georgia and Ole Miss, two top 10 teams, guy that's going to contribute. Um, they're adding, like I said, uh, they're adding guys that have contributed to other schools. Tony Grimes, he was a five-star recruit. He hasn't lived up to that billing, and – but he's not like a Mel Tucker take where he just didn't play at all. He played a lot at North Carolina. He had 97 tackles and 20 pass breakups and a pick when he was at UNC. He transferred to AM, um, got hurt last year, didn't play. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to like live up to his five-star billing. I'm not expecting that. But um, I think that he's like a better – he's a better player than like a Chester Kimbrough or um, an Amir Speed, you know, so – uh, yeah, it's they're adding guys, like I said, they've contributed to other schools. Um, I think that it's uh, they're adding guys that are going to fit the culture. And he's Jonathan Smith is doing a great job, he's going to work. You know, I've seen like one picture, <laughs> one picture of him on social media. I think it was the one, <laughs> Tim, I'm pretty sure you saw this too, but uh, it was the one of him with all the portal additions, the early enrollees uh, from this last recruiting class. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's got, he's wearing, it's like the most football guy picture ever. He's wearing uh, jeans and uh, like an M- like just a, a generic MSU hoodie. Like it's, He it's, looks like he's going <laughs> to school in eighth grade. Yes, he does. He does. Uh, it's like He's just going to work, man. Like his shoes are hilarious here, too. They're just the most dad shoes ever. Uh, <laughs> this dude. I love this guy, man. He's great. Uh, well, it's certainly a 
a, a stark contrast to what we had ex- come to expect, but right, I would say um, posing for pictures. He's not out here posing yeah. for pictures yeah. and posting stuff on social media for clout. I mean, this guy just going to work. Uh, that's what they needed. Uh, but yeah, so most of these guys are on campus now. Uh, some of them are going to be here in the spring, I think. I don't know exactly. Like, Aiden Childs is already on campus. Jack Felling's already on campus. I think Tanner, Moore, T- Tanner Miller's on campus. Um, and like, Marsh, Brady, Pretzlaff. They early enrolled, so they're here already. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about the future of the program. I think that they're in a good spot. Um, obviously, I... Uh, they're willing to put money into the program. Sounds like NIL is kind of back on track. Uh, based on what I've read, they like it's not a complete mess anymore. They kind of figured it out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely uh, in the right direction. So. I think so. And I think you can feel pretty excited. Um, probably – you know, when we get closer to football season, we'll talk about what the realistic expectations are um, when things are more concrete. But, you know, there's excitement, something new, brand-new quarterback that should be hopefully cross our fingers good. You know, so I'm optimistic. You can only really go up from where yeah. MSU football is currently sitting. It, um, it can't get much worse than it was. Um Right. 2023, I'm pretty sure, is the worst football season we're ever going to see in our lives. So, I guess we've got that going for us. Woohoo! It's over. It's done. So, uh, and brand new conference and bigger playoffs. You know, yep. Things are I, 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 there's. I mean, there's not really much of an excuse to not be competing to go to the playoff. You know, two of three, two out of every three years. If you look at what Mark Antonio did at Michigan State, I'm not saying that he's going to go. That Smith's going to go thirty-five and five over a three-year stretch, but if you go nine and three, there's a good chance in the Big Ten you're making the playoff. I mean, because they're like you're going to get three to four teams from the Big Ten in the playoff every single year, and like there's not there's really not much of an excuse with the infrastructure here to not be able to, um, you know, win here. There's really not so. I, I like I've said I've said I'm excited about the future of the program. Like, no matter what happens, like we're not going to talk about Michigan. We all know what happened. Uh, if you want to listen to me talk about Michigan, go listen to the search. I we talked about it last night. I'm not going to talk about it again. But uh, yeah. So I'm 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 pumped for football season, man. I'm ready ready to go. I mean, I, obviously basketball's still going on, but I, I'm I'm ready to go. I think. With the way the home schedule sets up next year, um, they they don't really have like other than Ohio State, they don't have any like non-winnable home games. So I think eight and four is pretty reasonable to me if you can get there. I think that you can make a good argument that they go eight and four next year. Obviously, I need to see how the roster plays out, like who they add in the in the spring. Like there's going to be other dudes that hit the portal in the spring. Uh, mm-hmm. leave. There's going to be guys they bring in. I mean, there's a lot of variables there, but I think that they're that 
Like, there's like they have got they brought guys back. I mean, I, I didn't even talk about the guys they brought back. They brought back Gene Vandermark. Everybody thought he was going to go to Oklahoma, and MSU was able to keep him. Um, like, there's just no like they're they're bringing back dudes that like they wanted to bring back. Uh, Jordan Hall coming back. Uh, who else is coming back? Uh, got, uh, let me go back to that. Jonathan first. Kim. Jonathan, yep, Kim's favorite player. Jonathan Kim's coming back. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, in this new playoff system, you make the playoffs. There's more parity because it's going to be less of like the super dominant teams, and you know you might be entering the playoffs playing a three-loss team. Dude, right? My, so yeah, they're, my, they're human. I right. real quick, I just want to say I think that kickers are gonna they're gonna become a premium. Having a guy that can win that game. When it comes down to that, like who's going to make the mistake? You want to have a dude like Jonathan Kim. Anyway, go right. on. Right. I agree with you on that. Um, I mean, they, they brought back a ton of guys that, that entered the portal and they came back. Uh, they brought back Derek Harmon. Uh, who else? They brought back somebody else on the line. I can't remember who. Uh, yeah, another big boy. I'm blanking. Matt Hansen didn't hit the portal, but he's coming back. Like that, That's a guy you want to come back because Matt Hansen, uh, he's a guy that fits Jonathan Smith perfectly. Like That is the perfect guy that he wants in his program. He's a, like I, – I don't want to go like prototypical white dude here, but like, he's, he, like, this is, he's, a, he's a leader. He's a guy that works his ass off. He's not the most talented player in the world, but he's a guy you want in your program. So um, – I think I, I just think they've done a great job identifying who fits the program well, the culture that they want, and they've added the right guys. And obviously, we'll see what happens. I might be wrong. Like, who knows? But this is a uh, this is refreshing compared to last off season, where they're just taking dudes who were either highly rated recruits in high school and they just didn't pan out, or it was just really like they took. Like I don't want to name specific names, but I, if I if I say this, people are gonna know who I'm talking about. I remember Samson Okun Lola was they were recruiting him, and they took his cousin, that tight end, and uh, like, I'm not gonna mention his name, and I'm sure you can figure out who it is, but like I was questioning, like he had no stats at like a FCS school. I'm like, why the hell are they bringing this guy in? Like you're not getting Okun Lola. We already know he's going to Miami. So you wasted a scholarship. Like it feels like you wasted a scholarship on this. I I I just didn't get the uh game plan, you know, from the old staff, especially last cycle. So but like I see what they're scrambling. doing. Scrambling. Yeah, it's felt like they were just scrambling and bringing dudes in. I mean like name me a portal guy that they brought in last year that you're like, oh yeah, that one really worked. Other than Jonathan Kim. He's the only one. I can think of, and I'm like, yeah, that one really worked, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they, you can't really think of anybody else. So, yeah, I'm. Uh, I, I think that the football program is heading in the right direction, and uh, I think people are going to see dividends. By the way, speaking of that 12 team playoff, my dream in life is that they make they they get a home playoff game. <laughs> I don't even care. I, I I don't even want the pie. I want them to get the home playoff game just for my own personal. Uh, experience because I know I would get tickets to that game because obviously I'm a season ticket holder so uh, I just think that'd be so awesome like you, you get like a snow game in early December 
uh, in Spartan Stadium and you bring like a team from the South, that would be so awesome. Uh, I that I, I I am hoping that there is a day like that. Uh, obviously, they're not there yet, but I think we'll see it at some point. So, but yeah. So, Tim, if you want to go ahead and start talking about basketball, uh, go ahead. Okay. Um, you know, Ryan and I, we didn't talk for so long at this point. Holidays really played a part there. Um, I guess we have not talked uh, since the Baylor win. And if, if you recall, I um, I think m- me, as most people did, they circled that Baylor win as, as the turning point in the season so far. Um, came out against Baylor, tons of energy. Personally, one of the most fun games I've ever watched as a Michigan State basketball fan. Not, o- not only did we really need to win, you know, it's in Detroit, so the place is packed. Ryan was there. Um, and, I mean, maybe he could speak to it more, but the manner of beating a good team, but just running them out of the gym. Like, it was – I mean, I felt emotions I hadn't felt in a while. I don't know if you, if you it, agree with me there. It was cathartic. I think that's a good word. I think it was cathartic. Yeah. Um, the uh, – the windmill from Cohen Carr to put them up 30 is just what is happening. Um, and that kind of kick-started this five-game winning streak for Michigan State where they were playing terrific. Now, I do want to say, every single one of those games, except for the one at Little Caesars Arena, they were all at Breslin. Um, and aside from Penn State, they're all by games. Um you know, Oakland's a respectable team. MSU pretty much worked them. They did not win by more than 20 against Oakland, but they were up more than 20 against Oakland during that game. Then Stony Brook comes to town, and MSU clobbers them in a way. Like, we just haven't watched MSU beat teams like this. Um, I think what, they have, like, 12 points at half or something. Yeah, MSU's something like that. defense is – I mean, they're working – and then Indiana State, we never got to talk about them, but, I mean, it was a scare. I, I truly thought during the game that MSU was going to blow it because it was a close game. Um, they hadn't been able to win close games. And A.J. Hogard, he just kind of put the team on his back and, you know, attacked the rim and good things happened. What were you going to say? Indiana State had a five-point lead in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was – I just thought they were going to fold, fall apart. We just haven't seen – this team look, sort of fight back and come, you know, overcome a, a deficit. They just haven't done it. And this was the first game in which we really saw it. Um, I thought that was a big win. I mean, on Ken Palm right now, Indiana State's 51st. That's a respectable team. And by the way, they were hitting absolutely everything. It was a joke. I, think they I mean, like I 14 threes or something. I think it was, I number. do not. MSU won. I do not look back on that game fondly. It was hard to watch because they're just lights out. I mean, it's like it was unreal. And you're thinking, this is ridiculous. Like, this is the way they lose another bye game. And for MSU to overcome that and still win against a solid team, albeit they're a solid team because they're a lights out shooting team. So that was, you could argue, just normal for them. Um, to overcome that and win that game, I thought that was big. And another wrinkle that you know, I haven't heard a lot of people talk about is 
not only was this a really good team to come to Breslin, you don't really want to schedule teams this good as a bye game. This is over the winter break when there's no Izzo. And we've seen MSU drop those games. They're just not the same energy in the building. Ryan, you were there. Could you speak to that? Oh No, it was the exact opposite. Uh, it was – the crowd was actually into it. I was surprised because um, usually those games, like you said, uh, they're just not – the crowd's not super new because the students aren't there, but no, it was, it was, uh, the crowd was actually impressive that game. Actually, Indiana state brought a lot of fans. They had, uh, like a few sections over, like they had like almost a, like whole two sections of the baseline. I would assume they took like the, his own upper bowl seats. Okay. I'm assuming probably released them to them, but yeah, they brought a lot of fans, but yeah, it was, the crowd was actually impressive. Well, that's a good wrinkle. Hey, MSU fans, you hear that? That you're making a difference. Got to help out the boys there. Um, and again, I want to say, and MSU ends up winning that game by double digits. Um, I think it speaks to their toughness. Their defense has been really good. Um, then Penn State comes to town. And, you know, 0-2 in the Big Ten. This is, by metrics, um, arguably the worst team in the Big Ten, Penn State. Uh and I thought that they kind of looked the part. MSU didn't make them look good by any means. They were really dogging them. Um, but, you know, you could tell there's a lot of uh, pieces kind of stuck together on Penn State. And MSU blows them out. I mean, we haven't seen a 30-point Big Ten win. And, I mean, I don't. it must have been since Cassius. Like, it, I don't care if they're the worst Big Ten team. That's not – common um and i tweeted this out if you follow me and if you listen to the podcast you'll know that i'm a big believer in winning by big margins means something uh and the fact that the last three years msu only won six games by 20 or more points i found that to be concerning in those years it, let's do the math here ryan six games one by 20 or more over three seasons. That's only two a season. It's not great. They've got like five bye games a season. What's going on? Why is this happening? Well, this year, um, MSU, I just want to make sure I got the math right here. Um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Um, MSU has won seven games by 20 or more, and four of those games are by a margin of 30 or more, okay? There's only one game MSU won by 30 or more in the last three seasons combined. And I don't know if you recall what game that is off the top of your head, Ryan, but I know you texted me during it, so I thought maybe you'd remember. Three Last three seasons... Only one game that MSU won by 30 or more. Do you remember it? I know I'm putting you on the spot, so don't worry. It uh, I was. Can't I can't remember which game it was. Maybe, I want to say, like, the second game of the season, Western Michigan two years ago. Okay. So, it was uh, the, yeah. Oh, I freaking it was the gay. Them. It was the Gabe-Brown season. Correct. Okay. Um, yeah, and that Western Michigan team was really bad. MSU yeah, that was the, that, that was the they fired their coach after that year and they hired Stevens. I'm very sure. West but Carolina. I don't think people will remember this. And the junkies, they might. 
Western lost their point guard like five minutes into the game. Um, they were playing without like one of their best players, their point guard, starting point guard, and MSU blew them out. That's the only time. Okay. Long story short, yes, MSU is nine and six. That's not a an impressive record by any means. And then let's look at the Big Ten record. One and three. What is happening? Um, they are blowing teams out. And it just so happens that all of their losses happen to be to respectful teams. I'm going to give you their losses. James Madison, one loss, 78th on Ken Palm. Um, I think we don't need to talk about James Madison again. I think if MSU played them again, they would win. Um, you know, had to go one for 20 from three and barely lost. Very um, respectable team, though, James Madison. Only one loss on their season. They lost to number eight on Ken Palm, Duke. Number two on Ken Palm, Arizona. Number 12 on Ken Palm, Wisconsin. That's a home game, though. Not great. Then they lost to 41, Nebraska, 56, Northwestern, both away. And, you know, people probably know this by now, but I find it a little interesting that world beater, best team in the country, Purdue is only one game ahead of Michigan State in the conference standings. Also lost to Nebraska away. Also lost to Northwestern away. There's a stretch coming up in this season where MSU is going to really be playing the gutter. Let me let me tell you. Rutgers, <laughs> Minnesota, Maryland. Then they have to go to Cole Center. That one's probably a loss. Okay? So three gutter teams. You know, over – they're plus 75 on Ken Palm. Um, Michigan, which I guess we could touch on them, uh, relevant news today. They're having a very bad season. Their star player, starting point guard, Doug McDaniel, will not be playing in any road games, which means on January 30th at Breslin Center, there will be no Doug McDaniel. Um, that's bloodbath territory. I, I think you probably agree with that. Yeah, yeah. that should not be, not be a good close, close game. game. Um, we don't have to talk much about that Doug McDaniel thing. Very weird. Um, everyone's saying it's grades related and, uh, he will miss six of their, the next six of their home games or away games. Um, tough season for the rivals. Um, so after Michigan, Maryland, Minnesota, and then they host Illinois. They go to Penn state. Go to Michigan, host Iowa, host Ohio State. I mean, there's a really, there's a really solid chance for like a month. MSU is gonna maybe one or two losses. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, I, what? How are you feeling about this team, Ryan? Let me ask you that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not feeling great, obviously, compared to expectations in the beginning of the year. Uh, they haven't lived up to them at all. Um, but, I mean, this recent Northwest uh, Northwestern game was kind of uh, not really encouraging at all, obviously. Uh, just, they didn't defend anybody, uh, just got torched. Like I, I swear to God, dude, every time we play Penn State, they turn into the Monstars and were uh, the 
and we're the NBA players that got the talent all sucked out of them. Uh, in You're talking Jam. about Northwestern? Yeah. Yes. Like, um, it feels like that every time we play them. I, I don't get it. It's very annoying. Uh, but, I mean, I was feeling really good before that game. This Illinois game, to me, is going to be telling. At some point, they got to win a road game worth the damn, right? Like, yeah, you know, if they, if they come into this game, and obviously Illinois, we're going to talk about them in a little bit. They're missing Terry Chana Jr. Uh, they played – I'll say they played Purdue tough, but, like, they're not the same team without – Terrence Shannon Jr., obviously. Um, they, yeah. They, there's like, they're obviously going to take a step back. So uh, there's like no excuse to like get embarrassed in this game. So, but I, I think right. that they were trending in the right direction, but like the Northwestern game kind of soured things a little bit. I, I agree. And I think, you know, because Northwestern lost that um, Chicago State game, everyone's like, okay, well, they're not very good, but on the flip side. Oh, and and sorry, I should include. And following that up, they got thirty piece that Illinois, and you're going, okay, well, this team's just not good. Those two things, right? You're like, okay, well, those lead me to believe you're not very good. Um. One. There is this phenomenon where when a team loses a huge piece, it's almost like a new team, and they're not they don't have scouting on it on this new team, right? It's going to operate differently. There's going to be a new, you know, life force behind it. And against um, Illinois without Terrence Shannon jr. You're thinking, wow, they didn't have their best player. They won by 30. Marcus Damask gets 32 points. Well, there you go. There's the answer. Like this guy who just has to step into this new role goes absolutely off. Why? There's no footage. There's no film on this guy in this role. As as time goes on with, for Illinois, people are going to figure out how to play against them. Um, relevant news. I'm pretty certain Terrence Shannon Jr. will not be involved tomorrow night. We're recording on Wednesday. He will not be involved in the game in Champaign for Michigan State. That being said, very good team still. We'll talk about them here in a second. Um, I I do want to say this. Western, they played like perfectly. Like everything went their way. I think the refing was not what, you know, as Michigan State fans we were used to. There was a couple of straight up missed calls. Um, you know, Boo Booey, he basically had his way in this game. He didn't get 20 points for Ryan, but he was pulling all the strings. He's the MVP on Ken Palm. Um, he was getting into the lane way too easily. Our guards could not stop him. Place was going crazy. I don't know if this is accurate, but it looked like a t-shirt game because everyone was wearing the same white t-shirt. I would assume it was because I swear to God, every time we play against one of these programs, it's a t-shirt game. Every road yeah, game I go to, it's a t-shirt game. I do want to point out, they did beat Purdue here, a team that is, by any account, very, very good. Um, so even the best of the best can go into Northwestern and lose. Um and I think the way that Northwestern played was just, like, inspired. I mean, they were hitting just about everything, like mid-range, finishes at the rim. I mean, just – it was all going their way. And, you know, sometimes these D1 teams, it's their night. Um, now, you could say, sure, that happens. But now MSU's 9-6. and six. Like, it's not been their night six of these nights. Yeah. 
I think that they need to win a road game coming up. Uh, I'm getting a little concerned. However, when you still look at the analytics in past years, the team MSU would like string two or three wins together and we're like, okay, they're starting to get it. And then they'd have the loss that would deflate us. And we're like, ugh. And the whole time, the whole season, on Ken Palm and Torvik, MSU's kind of hovering between 30s to 40 range rating. And and that never really changed. And we kind of – you kind of saw the, the result was what it was. At the end of last season, MSU upset Marquette to go to the Sweet 16. It was an upset. And then they had a chance to make the Elite Eight. Didn't end up going. I think um, a lot of people might extrapolate. You hear Izzo saying, you know, we could we were so close to going to the Final Four, like – they lost to Kansas State, had to win another game. It's a little much to say that. Um, this team, the analytics like them. They are still, with all games included, Ryan, number 10 on, on Torvik. Top 10. My prediction for this season was they are going to disappoint us early. Well, check. As they get people in, they're going to figure this out. They're going to get better. They're going to improve. They have more athleticism, higher ceilings. I think when you look at the efficiency margins, them beating teams by 30, they have so many more wins by 20. I think that you that's proof of the, the fact that the ceiling is higher. Um, I'm concerned that they can only play really well when the majority of the crowd is in their favor. Um, you know, they played – Neutral against Duke, neutral against Arizona, lost both of those. Um, not thrilling, not thrilled, but also that was November. Um, Illinois, you know, you're hearing the players saying this is a must win, this is a must win. I still do think that Illinois is going to win. I think that the sky is going to be falling in East Lansing, and um. You know, people are going to be upset. I think they're going to be maybe jumping to conclusions. And the truth is, is I still see the season kind of the same as I always have from the beginning. And I'm not just saying that. You can go back. It's all recorded. I really never thought that this team would be able to win the Big Ten, ever. I thought that it would – like, even if we were number two to Purdue, we were never going to actually challenge for it. Um it's not out of the realm of possibility still that MSU – I mean, they win at Illinois. I, They absolutely could go on to win the Big Ten. I'm just saying, I, before the season started and today, I don't think they will. And I always thought that the realistic expectation for this season or the hope for fans isn't that they're going to be a top five elite team because I – even in preseason, I said I think they're more around the 10 rate, uh, range. I feel like that's more accurate. They're probably um, – it's hard to argue they are a top-10 team right now, but Torvik seems to think so. For the record, Michigan State is 19th on Ken Palm. So both of them have them top 20. Both of them have them higher in the metrics than they've been the past three years. The numbers don't lie. They're just baked in, and that's what they're saying. Um, I think that – as a Michigan State fan, everything that realistically we should have hoped for is absolutely still on the table. Improve over the season, 
You're not going to win the Big Ten. Maybe make a go for it in the Big Ten tourney, sure. You know, you have to do some work to get that good seed to help you in March. You don't want to be a seven seed again. Ryan and I talked about it. If they go into March as a seven seed, this was a disappointing season. Unless they make it to the Final Four, um, which is a big is a big unless there. But we should we should be hoping and should have hoped that this team is a team that could find its way when it comes to the tournament and make a run to the final four. I still think absolutely this team can make it to the final four. Um, when it gets to the tournament, they're not playing big 10. I mean, Chris Collins knows exactly how to play against Michigan state. You think that, you know, freaking, I can't think of a team. USC is just going to come in as prepped as these big 10 teams are. For Michigan State, no. Um, I think that this team poses an issue for pro, uh, for teams come March. But right now, they've got things to figure out. Really big setback in the season. Um, Jeremy Fears, he got shot over Christmas break. He's, I think if you're hoping he's going to play this season, um, it's unrealistic. If he's even ready to be back, it's going to be like a week or two left of the season. Does that really make sense? You're going to throw a guy in with a week or two left of the season? Unless he's, you know, recovers miraculously and there's a lot more time for him to work in, I just don't – I mean, he's out. It's a huge blow in my opinion. He was playing such good basketball. He had 10 assists the game before he went out. That means he was making the team better, not himself. That's a valuable player in my opinion. Um, on the flip side, Jackson Kohler made a – an appearance. He only got a little spell. He did some nice moves, just missed his shot. Still looks small to me. I still think, yeah, he'll, he'll bring you buckets, but then the guys drive and score. I really like Carson Cooper in that respect. He just kind of stands there and he's big. Um, you see it all the time. He's just, his size causes issues finishing and I think they reap the benefits of that. Um, so, in general, I am definitely not happy about that Northwestern game. But truth be told, um, if, if if you're able to look past the likely event that Michigan State is going to start the conference one and four, I really do think that there's light at the end of the tunnel for this team. Metrics don't hate them. There's still a lot of time for them to grow. Um, they're going to beat the brains out of teams that come to Breslin. And, you know, who knows? With this schedule, I really don't – I mean, on Ken Palm, Ken Palm just has them losing the Illinois game, the Wisconsin game, and the Purdue game. Um, now, I say that. That's just based on the spread result. They're projected 11-9 in the conference, so take that for what you will. Um, I think this team just has to figure a way to do it on the road. Um, They haven't brought that same energy. They look like they need the help from the crowd to get that the running on their legs underneath them. Uh, I don't know. Everything just went so poorly at Northwestern. 
Um, you got to see some fight at Illinois. If Illinois runs them off the court and, you know, they're up at by 20 at some point, I might start to to lean toward, you know, we're watching kind of the same team of the last three years. Is that how you're feeling right now, Ryan? We're kind of watching the same team of the last three years? I'm not going to go that far because the metrics really like this team compared to the last ones. But, I mean – these guys, uh, the guys on the roster, other than that sweet, sweet 16 run, they haven't really done anything. I guess Malik Hall was on that team that got canceled by COVID, but like, yeah. Well, he was, know, he was basically starting at the end of that season. So, yeah. I mean, that's not for nothing. But uh, Malik Hall, I mean, is, is a really good talking point. When he plays well, they play well. When he plays poorly, it seems they play poorly. Um. He talked about it in an interview. He said, well, yeah, I'm playing great right now, but then the next game, you know, basketball varies so much. The next game, they might send two at me every time, and then I'm kind of taken out of the game. I, I almost feel like Northwestern read that interview or something. Um, because they started to do that. And, yeah, I mean, Malik was just a no-show, and it was a really, really bad game from him. I think Aikens struggled mightily. He might have hit some shots. He was just getting blown by. Um, you know, it was Northwestern's night. We we really need to see it at Illinois. Um, I do expect a loss. I'm sure you do as well. Yeah, I'm not expecting a win at all. Yeah. Um, it would be a humongous win for Michigan State, not only just for their general outlook, but for their resume. Um, for conference, you know, implications. And, yeah, I mean, I do think they need to get some good wins on this resume to help them out because the Big Ten, they're, they're, they're not looking too strong this year, not like the years have passed. 11-9 um, and is not going to go as, as far as it did in the past. 11-9 and is like a 7 or 8 seed probably. Maybe worse. Um, yeah, it's not ideal. No, not ideal. Okay. Uh, so, and then let's touch Rutgers. Rutgers is not – they're just not having a good season. They do still have um, a couple of the guys, you know, Mag. Omar Rui's there. I've always liked him, but, you know, he does have limitations in terms of, like, shooting. He is a beast around the rim, though. Just this team, just they struggle so mightily on the offensive end. And they're coming to Breslin. MSU has been very stout defensively, uh, defensively at Breslin. I could see this, you know, not really going in Rutgers' favor. I personally think this is going to be like a feel good bounce back, like kind of blowout. They should win by double digits. I think. I think this is they're going to win by 20. Oh, um, okay. It's just one of the – it's not good timing for Rutgers. It's not a good matchup for Rutgers. Um, and then, like, the one guy who I, I felt that posed an issue to M- MSU that was on their roster, he transferred out. And he's not playing, by the way. <laughs> I don't know what his deal is. Um, I'm talking about Mulcahy. I think that he was a problem. A matchup problem. 
yeah, I think this is an easy feel-good win for Michigan State, especially if they beat Illinois. Rutgers is – there's no letdown game. Rutgers is going to be the dessert. It's going to be a bloodbath. So I'm feeling good about Illinois not so much. Um, for what it's worth, only four points on Torvik. Let's see who gets proved right here. Um, against uh, Northwestern, Ryan said, I think we'll probably know about five minutes into the game how this one's going to go. And I actually I disagreed with that. I thought that Northwestern wasn't as strong and MSU could win a battle. Um, by halftime, we knew where that game was going, though. That's for sure. I do think five minutes into this Illinois game, you're going to know what's going to happen. Um, either the game's going to be lost because MSU just can't start fast on the, on the road. Or I think that um, I think that this is going to be a bit of a battle. If you recall last year, Ryan, you probably should recall because you were there, right? Yes, I was. Unfortunately, MSU really could have won the game at Illinois, just couldn't close, um, which was a big problem for that team. And one of the reasons that team didn't win a lot of games by more than twenty. You know, games where they were winning easily, they would blow the lead. I think Villanova of last year, they might have been up like 20-some, uh, around 20. And then the game, Villanova almost winner. Do you remember that? Yeah, they came back and almost won. Oh, oh my God. I just got like a little nauseous. I, <laughs> I had blacked that out from my memory. Could you imagine? Like <laughs> the butterfly effect of that shot could have changed everything. Um, yeah, so only four points on Torvik. Torvik does have Michigan State 10th on his ratings, but uh, so that's actually higher than Illinois, which is 11th, but um, we'll see. Um, do you have anything you want to say about the basketball team in general? I mean, Xavier Booker, you know, I feel like I – you know, he, he's getting some run. He did play in the Northwestern game. Maybe a couple of minutes. Wasn't much to write home about. But, you know, I wasn't expecting a whole ton of a lot from him this season, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, I, I thought he'd I thought he'd be good more than this. But, yeah, I, I didn't have the same expectations. Maybe, some maybe, yeah. I think you could probably argue that. But, you know, now you look up this this um, sort of big freshman class that was excited, you know, we we're all so excited about two of the McDonald's All-Americans basically aren't playing. One is redshirting. There's only one freshman in the mix now. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Um, and I guess we nailed that one, Ryan, the one that would be um, in the mix. Now, Jeremy Fears would – I truly believe going to have a terrific season if if that didn't happen. And um, it's ancient history at this point, but just, so, just in case anyone isn't. Really random sidebar because I have a game on it. How is Ted Valentine still allowed to fish, officiate college basketball games? Uh, like, yeah, it's totally random. Well, but Nobody wants to ref these days. So oh, probably... my Lord. He is so bad at his job. 
Anyway, yeah, no, sorry. I, I I had to get that out because I just saw him blow a ridiculous call. Anyways, go ahead, Tim. Sorry. Um, no, I essentially um, pretty much wrapped up. I mean, I, I don't think that if you aren't sure or not, Fears of getting shot has nothing to do with Jeremy Fears. As far as the public knows, we don't know the story yet, but um, just a tragic sort of accident, really. Tragic in, in terms of somebody could have gotten seriously hurt, right? I mean, obviously, yeah. it could have been much worse. Maybe yeah, like, I mean, could it, you imagine if we found out Fears died? Like, that that kind of stuff really is few and far between. And he, he, according to his dad, like, if the bullet was, you know, hit an artery, that could have happened. So, really scary. Um, and glad he's going to make a recovery and hopefully a 100%. Absolutely, I, I, I it it's not obviously it sucks and uh, but it, it could have been much worse. So I hope he yeah. has a quick. I hope he has a quick and uh, healthy recovery. And I'm not expecting him to play this year, like you said, um, the rest of the year. And uh, hopefully he's, I I hope he's good to go next year. Uh, well, I don't we'll think he's going to be going to the NBA draft. Yeah. I don't know if anybody was worried about that, but. I feel like you could probably book that. Um, he's going to be the starting point guard next year. I, I, I might be jumping to conclusions there, but I really do feel confident in saying that. Um, <laughs> you know, who knows what happens with some of the other guys, but we'll see. All right. Um, I mean, do you, do you want to push back on the Big Ten thing, or you think there's no way? I, I don't. I mean, if, unless they win this game tomorrow, I don't think they're going to. I think there's, like, no shot. You're one and four in the Big Ten at that point. Yeah, like, there's no chance. Yeah, you kind of have to almost win out, really. Um, so, you just want to see the team improve. You want to see, like, legitimate, consistent improvement. And when we come back to talk about games in, you know, mid-February, if – MSU is still 10 to 20 on the metrics. That's a really good sign. Um, that means that if they make the Sweet 16, it's not really overachieving. And I, I do believe if they had beaten Kansas State at that point, that really would have been truly overachieving. I think Kansas State was just better. And that's why they ended up winning. Um, that, that MSU team didn't win four games in a row all season except for the bye games. You know what I right. mean? Like, think about it. You Now you're playing the best teams in the country. You're going to – that's when you're going to do it. I, you want to see teams that can go on winning streaks, that can really string stuff together. This would be one hell of a way to start a winning streak. Illinois, and then you've got Rutgers at home, Minnesota at home, Maryland away. I mean, no, no disrespect because anything can happen in the Big Ten. They win at Illinois. That's probably four straight wins before they go to Cole Center. Um, and just for fun, what would that put them at in the Big Ten? That would put them at four and, or a five and three. So, you know, you're feeling pretty decent if you look at the the overall picture. Um, lots of wins there 
hopefully MSU doesn't drop any like stupid ones at home. Um, but I think in hindsight, Northwestern and Nebraska away, those aren't as as bad as they felt in per- like at the time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you look at yeah, Nebraska is probably going to make the tournament now. I think. Oh, they've got two pretty damn good wins under the belt. Yeah. yeah. And then, and Northwestern's right there with it. I mean, I don't, I would have to look at their resumes, but you win over Purdue, that's going to, that's going to carry some weight. Um, Michigan State, I think also. So, yeah, I just keep your eye. The teams that you could argue that MSU was supposed to beat Northwestern away. Well, if you took all the metrics and all the rankings, everything away, Northwestern has a better record. That place was popping. They were playing much better than Michigan State. I don't think that that was much of a fluke. Um, and if they could beat teams like Purdue, you know, they've got something They've got something there. Um, I don't think they're going to perform like that every night, though. Um, anyway, Ryan, uh, we, we will record next week before the Minnesota-Maryland stretch. Um, football season officially over. It is basketball season. We're going to do picks next week, start um, making some money. I finished pretty well off of football season IRL um, in terms of my real bets. Went pretty solid. So, um, And also, just another little tidbit, you should bet on Michigan State to cover the spread on every single his own alumni game going forward. Dude, I did the same thing. Yes. Oh my god. Dude, well, I mean, even if, even if you lose, you're gonna win more than you're gonna lose. Right. I mean, it's just like a mathematical fact at this point. Usually, they're playing some. I mean, the last couple of years they were playing somebody dog shit, which yeah, helps. They, but like, they're, still, like they're they're, they're, they're they blow teams out. Like they they're nine play. and one in their last ten. That's outright. Against the spread, they're eight and three in the last 11. So I got, I got, those are pretty good. As I went, uh, and I got in line with Tyler, and I told him, I was like, he was asking me, he's like, you put any money on this game? Like, dude, we're going to cover this because every single zone alumni alumni game, we blow out whoever we play. Because they, they bring the energy. Right. It's not going to be fun to play in, in, um, in tough seasons, that's the one you can count on <laughs> that game. So keep that in your back pocket. Don't tell too many people. I still want to make money off of it. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty safe bet. All right, Ryan. So we don't have picks. You want to wrap this up? Yeah, I mean, uh, pretty much uh, we'll see what happens with football. Um, I, 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 I think they'll add – they might add a couple more guys, but uh, – We'll see what happens. Uh, I think Zion Young's like one of the only guys that hit the portal, but they're still trying to bring back. So I'd uh, be interested to see what happens. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I think the uh, basketball team could go on a run here uh, just after the Illinois game, just based on the schedule. So we'll see what happens. So yeah, I'll, I'll sign off on this since it is officially, fo- uh, sorry, geez, basketball season. You know, a lot of us, uh, a lot of Michigan State fans, they were hoping, you know, Natty. Um, I pushed back on that right away. Now, if you make a Final Four, you can think of a Natty, but I think you got to make the Final Four first. That, that's more of a 
get to that than um, win the Natty for this team. Um, I think the Final Four is it's the big shining goal on the on the dream board, and I think it's one hundred percent possible still. I think um, this team is is tracking in that direction, and I still in my head, if we we hung a different banner, that's a bonus. It's always been Final Four for me. Make the Final Four. Um, yeah, we want to. We want Izzo to win a second. That's that's the dream, right? I think next year's team is going to be even better. Oh, we've talked about this. Winning a final or going to a final four this year, and who knows what could happen after that. That's, I think that's the goal, and I think this team for sure can do it. So, um, if you're feeling down about the team, just remember it's an extremely long season. MSU's. Or Tom Izzo, he specializes in the tournament. If you were hoping about the Big Ten, I'm sorry to say I think you should probably squash that. But, um, but that's all. Um, all right, Ryan. We'll uh, wrap this up, and um, we'll talk next week, hopefully after two wins. Yep. So, uh, I guess we're signing off, so uh, go green. Go white. Up ahead, Winston. No one near him. And he's going to come out with it. And Michigan State is headed to Minneapolis.